Good morning. You're listening to Drinking Socially, the official untapped podcast. Your inside look into what's happening in the untapped community and the world of beer. I'm John, and Valentine's Day has always been tough for me, but <laughs> usually beer helps, or I don't want to say that beer is a Valentine's coping mechanism, right. but... You know, um, maybe it is. It's the best Valentine you'll ever get. Now, let's just say it that way. <laughs> it's also February, which uh, is kind of a movement recently in the beer world known as Flagship February, which uh, Harrison's probably going to talk about here in a few. But I'm really excited about this episode. We're starting, we're drinking two flagship beers. One of them is an old favorite of mine. The other one I've never had. Both of them have Russian roots, and that's why this episode is titled From Russia with Love. And I'm Harrison, and I'm excited to revisit some classic styles today. A lot of history, which we'll get into, um, but also more recently really become kind of a medium for some serious innovation when it comes to adjuncts and adding cool stuff to these kind of base beers, if you will, to take them to fun, new, exciting places. So we'll kind of talk a little bit about that as well. And these are pretty boozy beers we'll be jumping on today. So I'm going to apologize in advance if I'm sneaking some chocolates in the background. I'm sure you'll kind of understand the, uh, the reasoning behind that is it's a pretty classic pairing. But uh, before we get all, all that, that fun stuff, as a reminder, Drinking Socially is released every other Wednesday morning. It can be found at podcast.untap.com. Or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. Getting started, Harrison. Uh-huh. I know I had the pleasure of drinking a beer with you right. this past weekend. It happened. And we threw axes together. Threw, yep, axes at a wall in a legal place where you could do that. Uh, and, yeah, we both enjoyed... Um, the one from Oscar Blues, which is their kind of newer 4% hazy pale session IPA, I guess. And I, I liked it a lot. It went down at about two gulps. It, it had all the flavor I wanted in New mm-hmm. England IPA, but I, I could have drank seven of them, which right. was really impressive. I just, I called it onesie. Right. And I'm which realizing I now I don't know what the name is, but onesie just <laughs> sounded more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Kind of warms you like a onesie would. Their footy is the counterpart that's yet to be named or, or made or whatever. But uh, imperial version, like you write a yeah. bigger right that sure for whatever reason also warms your feet. That'd be a lot of booze to get my feet warm. That may happen today though. <laughs> um, yes, and then to, as a so complete departure from that, also managed to get my hands on some Hopslam, which is of course from Bell's. Their seasonal. Double, triple IPA. I don't know if they're, what they're actually calling it now. I double, double, although, I mean, I guess it could be a triple right. 10%. 10%. Right? Yeah, so it's a it's a monster. I thought it was great this year. I thought it was more bitter in years past, more bitter this year than it was in other years. And I, I like it with some heat from the booze, heat from the hops, honey comes through. It's really a cool beer. I wish I could enjoy more than one of them each time I have it, but Ooh. alas. I got a, a, a story we almost touched on when Mike from Session Beer was here. Right. And he had come across a five-liter mini keg of Hop Slam. Ooh, and we tried trouble. to drink it. It was three or four of us that night that tried to get through. That Take That was my down. introduction and departure from Hop Slam. Yeah. Now it, I only drink it in a pint. It's a beast. Um, it is. I, I, I think Hop Slam days before New England was – it was almost the same beer as it is today, but oh, yeah. New England has made Hop Slam kind of a, 
a rarity in the IPA world. And I've seen people that kind of, it's less exciting, it's more available, but Mm. it's a, it's a great beer. And I think there's, there's benefit to trying something different and Hop Slam will give you that. The bitterness was great this Mm -hmm. year. I agree. You're right. But it is kind of more of a juxtaposition than ever a big hoppy beer in a world of very juicy hop uh you know flavorful beers that don't have as much punch so yeah i loved it i enjoyed the heck out of it um pumped its back it looks like some more just came into town i was seeing some posts from some local bottle shops got another drop of it so it's always great to get kind of as much as you can while it's here because it really only lasts like maybe a month and then it's gone again so we're enjoying it did you i know we were talking about nugget nectar i actually Thought I was going to get some, mm. missed it. I ended up having a bottle of Java Head Stout from Ooh. Trogues, which is uh, kind of in the vein of what we'll be drinking today. But that, that was that was that was appealing. I'm still on the hunt for some Nugget Nectar. Do you happen mm-hmm. to get any? I do happen to have some of it that was brought to me by my father-in-law, actually. Uh, so pumped, a great gift. Um, he's a big IPA head as well. So brought some down from good old PA. And uh, and I'm enjoying it. So yeah, it's, yeah, I haven't seen it though anywhere else near us. But um, but yeah, pumped to get my hands on some. It's uh, it is my favorite seasonal. So this is a great kind of month usually where hop slam and duck nectar kind of come out hand in hand, and you're just trying to trying to keep up, trying not to burn your <laughs> taste buds out, uh, among other things. So it's a it's a great time of year for sure. So speaking of February being an awesome month for seasonals, we made quick mention of flagship February. Um, which was kind of, uh, I'm going to call it a movement that was started by uh, beer writer Stephen Beaumont. Right. I don't know, maybe only two years ago. I could be totally wrong. Yeah, it's not been around for very long, but it's a great idea of just kind of taking a month to reflect back on kind of as we are constantly flying forward in time, uh, kind of where where we as craft beer fans kind of where it all began. Um, so he's been doing a really cool job online. Steven has of just kind of cataloging basically what he's having. I think almost every day he's taken the time to write a post about uh, a beer that's been around for, for some time. And one of them we have today is, is a beer. If he didn't, someone just wrote about it under the, the, um, in, I mentioned it in flagship February, someone else, another beer writer. So um, I wonder if Steven will probably get to it soon. I'm sure he will. But yeah, it's uh, it's cool just to kind of right take a moment, take a pause, and and kind of pay tribute to the the greats, the ones who came before um, that are you know still making great beer, which uh, which we we talk about them all the time. And actually, we'll talk about this a little bit later. But a lot of those beers even popped up over the Super Bowl uh, for yeah. the weekend, which is pretty cool. So I mean, even before, well, I guess that time it was February, but. Um, but yeah, uh, great, great stuff. Just to kind of switch it up a little bit. But yeah, it has been around long, but I'm all for it. It's kind of like the beers I go to anyway. So now this month, I feel like uh, a normal person. To- I totally agree. Great. I think he's, <laughs> uh, or him, there's a few writers that are kind of partaking. And if you go to their dot com, or we'll link to Steven's Twitter in the show notes. But the uh, the idea that I've seen a lot of bars get behind is they'll pull like Sierra Nevada Pale Ale mm-hmm. or New Belgium Fat Tire, yeah. and it'll just it'll be on tab the entire month of February. Sometimes they'll do like five dollar pints, um, and definitely we saw people going to London Pride and Gaffel Kolsch after mm-hmm. the last yeah. episode and sharing their experience with those beers. It's as as exciting as new beer is. Yeah. Trust me, I'm, I love it. 
But it's also really nice to take a minute and just kind of go back and, and set a reference point with some yeah. of the beers that paved the way. Yeah, I think remembering last year's flagship February, I believe if I'm right in saying that Sierra Nevada put their draft pale ale, which is like a, a taproom-only available version of their Sierra Nevada pale ale that's a little bit lower in ABV, um, on tap that month with like the original tab handle and they served it at like the price it was at in 1985 as well oh, or something. Cool. So totally jumping back in time, um, which again, that stuff's great. That's, uh, that's really cool. So if you haven't, uh, done it yet, you'll get a chance to, you know, find a beer today that we're going to drink and also grab another level up in the badge drinking socially badge, um, too. That's also a flagship beer, but there's tons of them out there. So jump onto their website, check it out. Follow Steven online and, um, yeah, kind of if you have some time and, and want to take a trip back in time, now's a cool time to do it. Getting to the first beer of this episode, this is this one's going to be challenging for those of you that are trying to level up the badge. Right. Okay. It was really challenging to get my hands on it. Right. It's pretty predominant in Moscow. Mm-hmm. You may find it in St. Petersburg. It's been Maybe. at some beer festivals in Iceland, Finland. Mm-hmm. I think I've seen it get checked in at some festivals in Norway. Okay. Uh, a few of my untapped friends, even here in the States, have checked in this beer, um, but not many. Uh, the one we're going to be drinking first comes from Victory Art Brewing in Moscow, Russia, this, I believe, is their flagship beer. It's the mm-hmm. one that they have the most check-ins on Untapped. It is Ivan, mm-hmm. uh, the Imperial Stout, and um, I, I, from Russia. I'm going to just assume yeah. this is also a Russian right. Imperial yeah. Stout. I think by, by default it is. Harrison's going to fill us in on the difference or subtle differences between them. Uh, but while I crack this open, Harrison, do you mind giving us a yeah. rundown on the of specs course. of this monster? Yep, exactly right. So, uh, so Victory Art Brew, yep, from from Russia, indeed. It's classified as a Russian Imperial Stout. It's thirteen percent ABV, which is pretty impressive, and almost even more. There we go. More startling or more exciting, I guess. It has a, listed as having a hundred IBUs. So a hundred, a hundred IBUs. So look out. Um, but really this, I mean, reading about this beer, I'm, I'm so pumped to drink because you read on Victory Arbor's website, kind of, they break it down, of course, talk about it a lot, but seems to have just a ton of specialty malts in it, uh, which most Imperial Stouts do. Um, but really highlighting whiskey malt, which is also f- referred to as peated malt, which is usually like a distiller's malt, but you can brew with it as well, where it's like a six row barley that's smoked on, um, some peat as it's being malted. Uh, so that can lend a cool smoky note to it, but also like Belgian brown malt and all kinds of flavors are saying it's going to be pretty viscous, got some coffee aromas, even says it's going to smell like fuel oil and creosote, which is exciting. So coming from the brewery itself, but makes note to say the high alcohol is really masked by the complex aromas of the beer. beer. So, uh, um, again, this is uh, this is going to be wild to have a Russian Imperial Stout from Russia. I'm, uh, I'm pumped to to do it. The, the nose on this beer, yeah. as soon as I'm started pouring it, is Ooh, I get I'm kind of recovering from a sickness right now. Right. If my voice sounds weird, <laughs> this this will be what what allows you to breathe again. This is like the uh, Russian Robitussin. <laughs> right, it'll, it'll get you right back. Up. It's the first thing I've right. smelt in days. Right, both be back on the merry-go-round for sure. Wow. 
Holy, okay. It smells angry. Mm. 100 IBUs. 100 IBUs, right, which is not uncommon no. for like, well, it's, it's a little higher, but you'll, the next we're going to have is like 75 IBUs. It's also Russian Imperial, so Mo- they can handle it. <laughs> Most of the time when I look at high IBUs, I go right back to Victory Do- Dirt Wolf and, right, and right. IPAs. Mm-hmm. Are they? Do you get 100 IBUs into a stout the same way you would with uh, with a, with mm-hmm. an IPA, yeah, just dumping a bunch of hops in there. But it, obviously, the specialty malts you're gonna it's not gonna show up the same way. You're also probably not doing as many late edition hops. The flavor actually of the hop will really probably be mostly just bitterness, and then blend right into all the other specialty malts that can lend other kinds of bitterness to it. Whether it's smoked malts, tannins from the darker malts can kind of get into these beers or tannin-like flavors, which can also lend some bitterness, coffee flavors, which is often perceived as bitter. So, yeah, it, it, but it's going it's the same, right, measurement as you would in an IPA, but those beers obviously have less specialty malts and can be overall lighter, even if they're as alcoholic, although you're hard to find as many, many 30% <laughs> IPAs out there these days. But um, so there's a lot in different different approach, of course, and and different result. But I'm just I'm excited to get in here and drink something something from Russia, a beer from Russia. It's a very I feel we're starting we're starting off. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully we see some badge urns in Moscow. Right. This is the maybe the first the most applicable Nostrovia I'll ever hand out. Right. There we go. <laughs> Nostrovia. Let's do it, John. Cheers. Whew. Holy Calabunga. Man. There's some waffles in that sucker. <laughs> <laughs> that is extremely bitter. Wow. Not in an not in an aggressive way that I was kind of building myself up for. It reminds me of like dark like cocoa powder bitter. Right. Like dark, That's dark exactly chocolate. It. like a baker's chocolate. Yeah. It's very like grabs the back of your tongue. Yeah, your grandmother said, Yeah, here, yeah, have some yeah, of this yeah, chocolate. Right. And you, uh-huh. you never right. wanted to touch yeah, it again. Like, I don't understand. What is it? The candy bars taste great, but the powder form is horrible. Sugar. Sugar's the difference. This um, is but wow. The, they, I think they they lay claim it was on their website to this hiding the thirteen percent ABV well. Yeah, and I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. Yeah, this is one of the biggest beers we've had on the show. Easily, and- yeah, right next to Black Tuesday, I think it is. And um, wow, I'm very excited to see how this warms up. But you get right away, it's like smoked, like a like you're right next to a charcoal grill. Man, I get like just a ton of bitter smoke. The nose is more just kind of coffee toffee, but man, when you drink it, I cannot believe how bitter it is. But this would be, so also, I mean, okay, why would these beers be so bitter? That's kind of the whole entire point, and we'll probably talk about this a little bit more as we move through the, the podcast today, but, you know, hops are a preservative. That's the whole point of this beer and why it exists is that the first time a brewery from England sent it to Russia. It spoiled on the trip because it wasn't alcoholic enough, didn't have as much enough hops in it, so they made a bigger version of it. And, and yeah, I mean, so this is probably, I wonder, man, this makes you think about, again, if only we had a time capsule, but there's a reason it's, you know, so hop, hopped as it, as it is. It's a beer is designed to last a really long time in bottles for many, many, many years. And, Hops will help preserve all the other flavors going on in here. This one, can we get a bottled on date or even something? Like, this has got to well, be pretty fresh. I can tell you this was imported by the Shelton Brothers, yeah, who imported most of our right. foreign beers yeah. here into the States. 
And uh, I love trying to make sense of the dates on beers. <laughs> this one, to the best of my knowledge, reads 10-12-2018. Really? Which is, I'm going to assume, a bottled-on date as opposed to a Best Buy. I can't, I, I can't read most of this bottle. <laughs> um, I can identify a percent sign next to 13. Um, they give uh, what's probably some Play-Doh and IBU mm -hmm, numbers. Mm -hmm. Most of the label is in Russian, except for a, a paper sticker that's put over there by the Shelton Brothers so they could bring it to the U.S. And it's got this beautiful kind yeah. of artwork yeah. uh, of a, of a warplane. Right? And the top of the label, um, it's like it reminds me of like those matrix printers where all the paper was yes. connected together. There you go. Uh, the top of the label looks really, really cool. It's a beautiful label, yeah. um, but this was originally, I would have to assume, made for consumption and sale in Moscow. So mm -hmm. we just happened to get lucky uh, to get a bottle of it oh, over yeah. here. Very lucky. Wow. I'm just amazed at how big it is. It's so dry, too. The. Untapped notes are just a link to their YouTube right, right. Uh, channel where they talk about this beer, which I think is beautiful. Um, on their website, they give a little bit of a description. Where, where, that's where Harrison was able to find some of the malts they use mm -hmm. and uh, make mention that this is great for a long, cold winter evening, yep. which is not where I am right now today. It's nope. almost 70 degrees out, but it right. makes me wish this, this beer is, is like – a February camping trip in the mountains yeah. that just so happened to get poured out of a bottle right. here. I mean, it's, again, kind of like that lager I had a couple weeks ago that we talked about that was a smoked lager. This is like a great campfire beer. I agree. It would just go perfectly with the smoke in the air and all that stuff. You could wow. you could probably convince me this was a like a Roush beer or something if you didn't if I didn't know anything sure. ahead of time. Same exact malts in it, just uh, you know. More of them, more of the smoked malts for sure. You know what? Now that's warming up a little bit. This is nice. I definitely got like a um, almost. Uh, mm, I don't want to say smoke can have like a, a phenolic character too, and it's a little bit of that, like some phenols coming off this thing um, when I'm drinking it as well in a enjoyable way though. But it's like really smoke for me. I'm getting just like smoke forward everything. And the coffee comes in a little bit at the end. But wow, man, what like a big, powerful beer. This is great. And, right, as it says, goes really well with chocolates. That's probably a good idea, John. Let's, let's find out we can get how some, it goes some with dark a chocolate, some dark nondescript chocolate. Regular old chocolate. And uh, <laughs> like many things, it goes better with food. I'm talking about baseball games, new cars, sunny days, cold days. Everything goes better with the right food. Mm. Um, beer included, oftentimes I think it, beer, alcohol will help kind of reset your palate mm -hmm. so that you can go back to that filet or that cheese dip in my case right. and kind of <laughs> taste it again for the first time. This, I think mm -hmm. this beer would go amazing with like a, a, a heavy mushroom gravy on top of a, of a real, like a grass fed, real like beautiful cut of beef. You could also, if, if you wanted to, you could easily put a bunch of seasoning on cauliflower, cabbage, roast it up like a steak. Right. But go heavy with your flavor because this beer is coming out swinging. Yeah. Or maybe just like a, one of those 
ice cream floats with I'd had I did that once with an Imperial Stout. I don't remember which one long ago. Just put a bunch of vanilla ice cream in it and drank it and it was great. This would be cool with that. Vanilla ice cream just kinda add some creaminess to it but not take away from the flavor at all. Okay, so now the chocolates chocolate's in. Mmm. It definitely helps reset. Ooh. And it's pulling out more of like the um I actually got like a really grassy kind of hop note there. That's what jumped out then is the chocolate's kind of distracting some of my taste buds. I guess the ones that were occupied with all the smoke flavor before. And also it's obviously warming up in our hand as we're sitting Ooh. here enjoying it. But totally agree. Something else jumps after out. Covering, after covering my palate <laughs> with chocolate, the beer almost tasted lighter it to did. me. tasted lighter. I, I didn't get most of the heavy, dark chocolate smoky nose. They yeah. were already it was muted by the right. mouthful of chocolate. Right. But absolutely right. As you said earlier, John, like there's, I could, you wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell you the alcohol in this if you gave it to me. I would, I just guess that it was high, but I would never probably guess this high. It definitely, all, you're just focusing on the kind of smoky, chocolatey coffee stuff that's happening. Um, as it kind of sneaks up on you. This is great. Honestly, this is the first beer I've had that was bottled and produced in Moscow. Yep. And if the rest of them are almost this good. Right. Quite an introduction. Um, what, there, I mean, there's definitely, if you look on untapped, you'll see that Moscow seems to be kind of the home of some of the upcoming breweries. Um, mm-hmm. Zagavor in Russia, but St. Petersburg AF brewing. Yes. Um, Sabotage, I don't know where they're from, but there are mm-hmm. definitely there are some some craft forward breweries appearing in Moscow, St. Petersburg, and Russia as a whole. It's a really cool scene out there. Yes, it is. If you happen to live there, you probably already know. If you're looking for a place to visit, though, swing by Moscow yeah. and grab a good stop at Victory Art. Right. It looks like the Victory Art itself does get out of Russia a little bit to other parts of Europe. I'm seeing some Gothenburg and Stockholm check-ins and... A uh, few other spots, although it does primarily look like we're uh, we're in Russia with this guy. But yeah, it, if you can get your hands on it, it's definitely a trip. I mean, this is pretty wild, just how big and just the just like unapologetically smoky madness. Which again, they they own in that description on their website is this is a smoked malt in here, and you're going to taste it, uh, which you absolutely do. This is cool as heck. And let's see, so overall, 114,000 different check-ins. 21,000 unique, interesting, just kind of a lot of people revisiting. This is for Victory Art overall. Let's jump into Ivan itself. Um, so they have 10,000 check-ins of Ivan, 10,800 or so, 7,000 unique, 83 this month. Uh, most recently, there we go, in Moscow itself. About four hours ago as we're making this podcast. <laughs> Coming from Oleg in uh, in Russia, with his check-in, I've been drinking for a long time, so I took a picture. <laughs> Good on you, Oleg. Um, as we learned in the year in beer, um, most Russian untapped users give us something to aspire to. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Um, the Observer, that's his name in, in untapped, he had this, uh, let me see, yesterday. And his notes on the check-in say, aroma of resin-smoked notes, which I would agree with, a little dark chocolate. And yeast, tight in in the taste of smoked burnt malt, strong bitterness. So I'm right there with you, uh, Mr. Observer. But definitely, um, yeah, the resiny, that's a good way to character uh, characterize it too. 
Yeah, some of the reviews on this beer, uh, if you translate them, you, right. if you're on Untapped on the web, right. you can just translate them. Yeah. Some of the reviews are are great, and like really, fun. really accurate yep. tasting notes and mm-hmm. descriptions. This this beer itself, Ivan holds just over four caps, rating yeah. uh, over ten thousand check ins. thirteen percent hundred IBUs, seven thousand ratings, and over four stars. That that means you're doing something exceptionally well. To kind of transition from there into some other things that have been exceptionally well received, the um, the Super Bowl just happened, right? And Untapped launched its Brew Bowl badge to kind of coincide. If you check in on the day of the Super Bowl, you'll earn that badge. It is sometimes difficult for our friends overseas because by the time the game is happening for you, it's the next day. Um, so we do it as a 24-hour badge, check in a little early, tailgate. It was something around, I think, 70% of our badge unlocks happen before the game. Yeah. Because you check in a beer while you're cooking chicken wings sure. or sure. roast cauliflower before right. the game. <laughs> you get the badge then, the game unfolds. What yep, was really yep. cool to see the top three breweries that people use to unlock that badge, the top three breweries we were drinking during the big game. Any guesses, Harrison? I mean, I imagine my go-to was always Sierra Nevada's Pale Ale, but and I'm sure a lot of other people felt the same way. Um, but probably Sierra Nevada, and I don't, I don't know who else. You, you tell so me. You John. nailed it with Sierra yep. Nevada. I think <laughs> Bell's actually took first place with the most check-ins, and then New Belgium right behind them. But that's really cool to see. Yeah. For the Super Bowl uh, being three craft brewers um, that people unlock the badge with the most. Yeah. And I'm sure Hopslam helped with that as well. That's been like the number one trending beer on Untapped globally for almost the day it came out. So yep. Yep. that's a heck of a Super Bowl five or five hour long football <laughs> game to be drinking Hopslam. You're a brave, brave person. I hope you had a lot of chicken wings and, and dip to, to make you last the, all four uh, quarters there. But yeah, that's cool. Cool as heck to see. Solid game this year. Uh, in addition to that, we have some other cool news about Untapped and more fun live events. You can j- enjoy this amazing community we have in person uh, uh, with other like-minded Untappers, Untapped users. John, what do you, what do we have? Yes, yeah, so pipeline. We made a, a public announcement. The Untapped Festival is going to be relaunching this year again in Charlotte at the stadium. Uh, May 16th is the day of the event. There's going to be two sessions this year, so you can come earlier, you can come later. Yes. Tickets are on sale. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, but one thing Harrison and I are kind of looking forward to in the Drinking Socially group, um, we're going to try and organize a time for anybody that listens to the podcast. If you show up, we'll all kind of meet beside one brewer's uh, tent, and we'll all kind of check in a beer together. Um, so... If you're planning on going to the event, join the Facebook group, um, and we'll just we'll, we'll post an announcement the day before the festival, so we can all just yeah. plan on uh, literally having a beer together, which will be a whole lot of fun. If you're able to make it to the event in Charlotte, it'd be great to see some of you. I agree. That'd be that'd be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be fun. I'll wear a cool hat. I would expect <laughs> a cool hat and likely a very cool shirt. <laughs> from Harrison, something from the National Lampoon's uh, archives. all I have. 
Uh, other badge updates, if you're listening to this show uh, in about a week from when it comes out, uh, there's going to be a Mardi Gras badge on Untap that will yes. run through through Fat Tuesday. Delicious. Um, so check in a beer. If you're if you're fortunate enough, right. check in a beer from Parrish right. or have some pancakes uh, one of the great Louisiana breweries, yep. mm-hmm. right? Uh, beignets <laughs> and beers. Uh, but that badge will be available for anyone checking in during the time period and some updates on the drinking socially badge. Mm. There's 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 a it looks like there's going to be an upset, but right now Atlanta is still the top Holding city strong by um, five. Right, ba- London is about five unlocks behind Atlanta right now. Love it. Um, as you may have guessed, London Pride uh, became the top beer for people earning that badge. Just barely edged out Tropicalia. Mm-hmm. However, chicken and beer. In the Atlanta airport, still the number one destination. Boom. Boom. Um, Brewery West out in Los Angeles Mm -hmm. actually almost edged out chicken and beer. It looks like they did an event there a couple of weeks ago that a lot of people were – I saw a lot of Tropicalia check-ins there. All in all, it was was great. Some of the people in the Facebook group or even just on Untapped in general – uh, seeing people go back to Gaffel Kolsch or mm-hmm. London Pride mm-hmm. um, or just looking for a Tropicalia or a Speed Merchant, um, earning the badge or trying to level it up. It's been really fun. Oh, yeah. If, if you're going to Moscow soon, look for <laughs> look yep. for Ivan. Yep. Um, if, you're, if you're bound to the U.S., hopefully the next beer Harrison and I crack open will make it a little yeah. bit easier yeah. for everyone. I think it'll be, yeah, we'll be able to find this next guy everywhere. But, yeah, it's been a lot of fun just watching all the check-ins happen and where they're coming from, really all over the world. Um, we've had people check in from, obviously, after Gaffel Kolsch Cologne in Germany jumped on the list quickly. I think they actually they're number three city right now, which is really cool. Just Cologne, from, Germany? Right, nice. just from, yeah, from nice. one, right, from just one beer we had there. And then, uh, um, yeah, just some more kind of, really just all, all over the place. Um, I actually even saw some check-ins from, where did I see? I saw one that was uh, pretty cool. It's kind of it disappeared somewhere in... Uh, I think Thailand or something, somebody grabbed a beer. Um, so you're seeing, yeah, seeing people find these things all over, which is kind of testament to how craft beer and, and beer itself is, you know, can't go too far without finding something cool uh, these days, which what a, what a time to be alive. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, who hopefully you all know and love on right. We'll be right back to open up the next beer for this episode and catch up on some uh, news and talk about the Russian Imperial Stout. That's right. History, everyone's favorite thing. Coming up. Want to show off your love of Untapped? Check out our online store and pick up Untapped branded glassware, shirts, sweatshirts, hats, more, depending on how hot or cold you are. Go to store.untap.com and enter the coupon code podcast when you check out. That'll get 20% off anything you order. That's store.untap.com. Use the coupon code podcast, 20% off for you. Plus, it lets them know that you guys are listening, and we love that here. All right, perfect. So we're back, and we are pumped to drink another classic. John, what are we looking at? What's next on the agenda? I've been excited to bring this beer on the podcast since we started hosting the podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, I view this beer as memory's a, a poor, a poor record keeper, which is why I use <laughs> Untapped. I think this is the first Russian and big stout I remember having. It's probably mm. incorrect, but 
um, but old Rasputin from North Coast out in California. Yes. Harrison's going to run us through the stats while I put it into cups. Yep. But this this beer's acclaimed. It's won a bunch of awards. I mean, it's indeed this is yes. a, a great American example of a Russian imperial. That's right, exactly right. Yeah. So old Rasputin. I'm, I hope you've had it. If not, it, it is very readily available. Not just in the states or through check-ins in Tokyo and all over Europe. So. Um, it's uh, it's you should hopefully are close to some, but yeah, nine percent ABV, seventy five IBUs, so same deal. Really not uh, not pulling any punches on the IBU front here either uh, when it comes to that side of the beer. And from the brewery itself, the uh, notes are produced in the tradition of the eighteenth century English brewers who supplied the court of Russia's Catherine the Great. More on that in a moment. Um, Old Rasputin seems to develop a cult following wherever it goes. A rich, intense brew with big, complex flavors and warm finish. So, this beer um, is really well known as being like a nitro beer, like on nitro. If you have it on tap somewhere, it's probably nitrogenated. Um, which lends even more kind of velvety, silky smoothness to it. Um, today we're having it out of a, a 22-ounce bomber bottle, so non-nitrogenated, um, just regular old CO2 or probably some kind of beer gas mixture. Um, and, yeah, this is yeah, kind of what I – when I think about it, if someone says Russian Imperial Stout, this beer pops in my head. This is the one that just without even thinking, I can't make it not – show up there um so yeah again i like what john said too i mean ever since we started the podcast looking for a reason to bring this guy on and here we are today we're gonna do it and it's it's won 15 gold medals holy cow uh, starting back in 1996 at the world beer cup which as many of you i'm sure know is kind of like the olympics for for breweries only held every other year and open of course as the name suggests to the world so not messing around um an interesting little tidbit about it is there is a writing um, in Cyrillic, a, a phrase on the logo under the picture of Rasputin himself uh, that translates in English to a sincere friend is not born instantly. So take that and chew on it. Pretty classic stuff. I'm pumped to jump into it. Already looking at the head, way different. It was This one's pretty puffy. It's tan, but le- leans more white where... Um, Ivan kind of leaned a little more brown, but, uh, yeah, let's jump in on this guy. I'm just, it's a bomber. Yeah. So I'm just going right. to put sure a little bit more yeah. into Harrison's top your, cup. Top yourself off or me off. Yeah, that's Which a, one was mine. That's right. one happy tulip for you, my friend. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Wow. Mm. Oh man. Remember when bombers were all the good beer? I do. That's right. It, I don't know how I made it through a bunch of 22-ounce, 9, 10, 13 percenters, but I'm, <laughs> I'm grateful we see more beer in cans now. Mm. It's, mm. Its nose is a little bit more mellow, right? It's, it, it's not as it's, it's not coming out yelling at me. Nope, not at all. It's kind of like, yeah, someone's brewing coffee in the room next to you. That's what I get. And then, but when you drink it, I mean, it's so it is smooth is not a flavor, but it is a descriptor in terms of mouthfeel, and I'm gonna jump all over that and lead with smooth. But this, to me, it's more caramel. There's coffee Ooh. happening. There's a little bit of coffee going on right away. I mean, interesting having this after a 
100 IBU Russian Imperial Stout as we just did. Um, but I still get like a little bit of that bitterness that kind of lingers there for a moment. Um, but it's definitely coffee, toffee, caramel jumping around uh, right out of the bottle, right out of the gate. You mentioned that this is often poured on nitro, which for me mm. makes the best beer in the world. <clears throat> right. The you, I I would uh, maybe this is bottled with more of a nitrogenated gas. I'm making this up, and I'm questioning Could be beer it. As gas. I say it. Beer gas is a mixture of CO2 and nitrogen, and a couple other gases, but it, usually just CO2. I mean, it doesn't look like it at all. It's not doing anything in the glass that would lead me to believe it's anything other than regular CO2. And I'm almost positive they just bottle they bottle this guy um, with CO2 itself. It's not bottle conditioned or anything like that either. Um, but yeah, nitro is a different experience. Nitro tap for sure. If Ivan is is the quintessential angry example of a, of a Russian imperial stout, then Old Rasputin is the quintessential example of a California chilled out. Right. Like I left Russia a long time right. ago. That's, I, 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 <laughs> that's in the past. I, I hike now and I surf <laughs> often. This, this beer strikes me as, is infinitely more cr- crushable, drinkable. Sure, it's 4% not, less right. ABV. Right. Um, it's less angry is the, is what I would, sure. is how I would phrase it. Yeah. Even though it's named after a man who was <laughs> killed three or four times, depending <laughs> on what uh, records you, you read and what you believe. Uh, but, um, but yeah, no, definitely, I mean, again, it's very, and this is not a negative thing, but it's very approachable. It's a very straightforward beer. There's, there's plenty going on in here. It is a complex beer, but it, when you talk about Russian Imperial Stouts today, it's almost like you say, I'm having Russian Imperial Stout, and then the person you're with will say, awesome, what's in it? And what they're looking for is, is there coffee, is there marshmallows, is there chocolate, bourbon? Like what is, what else is going on with that beer? Um, and that's great. We talk a lot about IPAs on this, this podcast and, uh, and rightfully so, they're all over the place. But we're also really living in the time of pastry stouts and bourbon barrel aged stouts and all kinds of crazy stuff happening with this medium too. So as we said in the beginning, Exciting this, we're doing this during fla- flagship that we're to take a step back and realize kind of the canvas this beer is and can become. It's great by itself, but you could also see as a brewer drinking this or a beer like this and thinking like, I wonder how I could bring out more of the coffee. Maybe I'll add coffee to it. I wonder, and they have variants of this. They have a rye bourbon barrel aged version of it. It's just a bourbon barrel aged version. They have, so they've done that themselves. They've kind of taken this beer and, and seen where it can go. But uh, it's definitely, again, it's complex, it's approach, but approachable, um, and really just refreshing in that it's uh, it's not crazy, not like a crazy stuff going on here. It, it is exactly what it's supposed to be to style. And, and this is, again, what I think of when I think of Russian Imperial Stouts. It's a great example of a, a, a flagship. Um, this, is, this is a Russian Imperial Stout. Unim, unimpeded, unfussed with. Mm-hmm. You if you go. look on Untapped, the top-rated Russian Imperial Stouts are largely Dark Lord in the beginning. <laughs> right. Most of them are marshmallow or, or vanilla variants of Dark Lord. You got to scroll down <laughs> a little while before you get to Surly's Darkness, which right. is mm. a delicious beer. Yeah. Um, 
And then as soon as you scroll past Surly's Darkness, you get to Vietnamese Speedway Stout right, and right. more variants on Dark Lord. And I think there's one from Voodoo, but uh, definitely marshmallows are delicious. Vanilla is really good. If you mix those two together, it's probably going to, you know, exemplify and, and be even better. A peanut butter sandwich isn't as good as a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I would I would right. say that. What about a marshmallow fluff peanut butter jelly banana sandwich? <laughs> like right. That's a great point. The peanut butter and jelly even the peanut butter and jelly sandwich is a great canvas to to build upon. I guess we've been doing this all of us since we've been infants is taking something that is great and going I can put more into this. Yeah. I can, How do what I do we add, have laying around? How do I add more without making it work? Oh, ham and peanut butter was a fail. <laughs> now we tried it, though, but now um, we know. But I think this is a this would be we uh, we were actually just uh, talking with someone who listens to the podcast on Untapped, asking about the French press episode. Yeah. Uh, sent us a, a message, and I think this would be a great beer to use in mm-hmm. in, in your own infusions. Is it's a beautiful, it's a baseline in the beer judging yes, the certification beer, yep, exactly program. Right. This is a great example of the mm-hmm. style. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Every brewer out there knows this beer. Every beer judge knows it. Um, if you haven't had it, you really should because this is, again, we said it a couple of different ways, but this, like without a beer like this, and really probably this exact beer for a lot of American brewers, there would not, we might not be living in the world of, yeah, you're right. That whole entire first page of Russian Imperial Stouts on Untapped is just crazy, crazy with all kinds of adjuncts in them. We do not have all this really cool experimentation happening with uh, uh, beers like this. So that's uh, pretty cool. And I think, again, what Flagship February is all about is just where have we come from? How do we get here? This beer has been checked in almost 400,000 times, 394,000 um, it's been rated two hundred and almost two hundred and forty thousand times. It's o- almost the same exact rating as Ivan of four point yeah, zero two. Yeah. So again, this is I think this is a great example to show that you can make a beer true to style without doing anything to it. Make it well. Obviously, in this example, fifteen mm-hmm. gold medals from yeah. Stockholm to GABF. Yep. Um, make it well and. People appreciate that, as I am right, right now. And keep coming back to it. While we're referencing so much this Russian Imperial, Russian Imperial, I think a lot of people, you might have seen it on the shelf before. What's where, Where's a Russian Imperial different than an Imperial Stout, Harrison? Can you help help us out with that? Sure. So they really all come. So to, to answer that, we'll go, we'll take a trip back to... 1698 England. Everyone, imagine yourself there now. All right, good. I'm dead. I have diabetes. So when Peter the Great, who was um, the, let me say, czar of Russia, was visiting England um, and really took a liking to the kind of porters that a lot of people were drinking there and wanted some sent back to his imperial court in Russia, so they did that, and the beer spoiled on the trip, and they were embarrassed, the, the English breweries that made it. So they uh, determined to kind of save face, and the Barclay Brewery in London um, just jacked up the amount of alcohol and hops in it for the next batch they sent over there. And this resulted in like a really dark black, inky uh, beer that is um, really, again, more complex and became known as the Russian Imperial Stout, obviously referencing the Imperial Court it was sent to, Russia, 
uh, all that cool stuff that um, it's kind of obvious in the story I'm telling right now. But um, but uh, the uh, really cool part about this is that right. So the, really, you talk about Russian imperial stouts, imperial stouts. I think now this wasn't always the case. The BJCP that I really look to to track all this stuff. It really just sees the category as an imperial stout. It's almost been interchangeable, and you can drop off the Russian because this beer was invented like this kind of a, alcoholic, boozy, big stout was invented for, as a Russian imperial stout. That was the first version of it. So, um, but the American versions have like more hop character, English more malty. That's kind of the same with like an American or English barley wine, American English IPAs. Um, so there's a theme there across other styles of beer, but that'd be the biggest difference. But I just think that this, it's such a cool, similar to the IPA story of, you know, again, using hops to make a beer last longer for a trip or to get to wherever it needs to go. Um, that's why, that's why this beer exists just kind of out of necessity. And it, it birthed this amazing style that really kind of died out though, until, um, a lot of American U.S. craft breweries brought it back towards the end of the 20th century, and, and Old Rasputin being being one of them. Again, 1996 being the first time they won an award for it. So been around for a while, and then Catherine the Great, after Peter the Great, really dug on this too. And there are plenty of stories, kind of about uh, about her, but it became a big deal in Russia. Everyone loved it, um, and rightfully so. You get kind of cold there, and this will this warm me up. <laughs> So the need was uh, a visiting dignitary, fell in love with a beer style and said, I want this back at my house. Exactly and Amazon right. Prime didn't exist yet. Not yet. So uh, England came <laughs> up with a way to deliver that by mm-hmm. giving us uh, a higher ABV stout. Exactly right. Nailed it. Yep. And eventually that fell out of favor until a bunch of Americans said, we want to try our right. hand at that. Let's find me some goofy stuff that I can make that no one's made in a while. <laughs> what else, All right, what's what else can we start doing? <laughs> right. Um, but it's, I, it's, it's a, I think it's a beautiful style. And now we've kind of created from that, the pastry stout. Indeed. Um, Sure, and the was, milk stouts and the like, all these others. So many variations of this oatmeal stouts, imperial oatmeal stouts. Like, there's obviously a lot there. Um, I would argue as much, or if not more, than than IPAs. To, in order to do with it, variations of it, you can take this and go a bunch of ways. This exact beer. It's such a. It's it's such an easy. Um, uh, canvas to yep. apply flavor to. Mm-hmm. Um, if you put raspberry chocolate into a stout, it right. it's already magnificent. Right. If you put raspberry chocolate into an IPA, it's uh, I right. feel like it's a different game. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to buy both right. of them, I'm but check it out. Uh, <laughs> exactly, both exist, exactly. so you can <laughs> buy both. They're both out there. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is again cool to just kind of revisit. I mean, it was funny when going to I'd go to two different bottle shops to find just any. Russian Imperial Stout that had no adjuncts. It was difficult to find. Um, so if you're lucky enough to find this guy, grab it and enjoy it. Take a step back. And you said they won their first gold medal with this beer in 1996. Exactly right. I, I am older by my own definition, but in 1996, good year. I was not winning gold medals. No. <laughs> I was arguing with high school teachers about <laughs> what being late really meant. Right. That was the year Scream came out from Dust Till Dawn, The Craft, Independence Day. What a great year. Twister. A great year for movies. Great okay. year. Great year. Oh, man. 
Um, another another bit of, of news uh, that I, actually I'll, I'll give credit to you, Becca, who does a, a little mm-hmm. bit of research for us here at Untapped. Yes, um, there's a Facebook group of people in the Netherlands called the Beer Geeks, who I already love, um, and they uh, kind of banded together uh, this group to kind of beat ALS. And there's a beer made by Jopen in the Netherlands with about 50 collaborators. We're going to link to the beer in the show notes. It's called yeah. Road to Nowhere. But the goal was uh, they lost a member of their Facebook group to ALS and all these brewers collaborated on this beer and ultimately raised about 100,000 euros to fight ALS. And I think that's that's kind of one of the things I find most appealing about craft beer is that it is, we mentioned this early on in, in season two, it's, it's a community mm-hmm. as much as it is a hobby or something to do while your football team is playing. Right. And, and that was a great example of how a bunch of breweries collaborated and and you can still find the beer in the Netherlands we'll, we'll again we'll link to it on untapped but uh bravo to you guys and the beer geeks facebook group uh that's an awesome thing you did to kind of turn that into something positive yep amazing stuff real cool check it out Other notes we've got to to kind of settle for uh, season th- three, episode four, is Would You Rather? Yes. Today is a good one. Uh, this one, I'm going to give credit to Harrison. He pretty much <laughs> made this one up on the spot. Um, as we often do with our Would You Rathers, the difficulty is coming up with a Would You Rather that's right. complicated but easy right. to explain. Right. Right. That is, that's the most difficult part. And then also answering it. <laughs> answering answering it is an entirely different level of difficult. <laughs> but what we've got for the show here is uh, pretty simple. There's, it's a win-win. Which one would you pick? Would you rather have to wait 30 minutes for every beer you got, but they're free, uh-huh. or still pay for your beers but get mm. them right away? Ooh. Uh, yeah. Thanks for the ahs <laughs> and oohs, <laughs> right. Harrison. This one's tough because, again, both of them have their pros and cons, as is the point of a good would-you-rather. Right. What are your initial thoughts? Wait 30 minutes and your beers are free or still pay for your beers but get them hmm. when, you, when you need them most? This always comes down to beer style. And I wonder if, like, if you're – you like order the beer and the bar person pours it and then just stands there with it for 30 minutes staring at you as it gets warm in the room. <laughs> that would be, I would, that would be an angry bar. It's full of angry people. <laughs> just a bunch of waiting cups. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good business model. But if it's like, you know, the taps are a half a mile away from the bar and they just have to go and get it. Great. That's something I'm thinking about right away is what kind of weird M.C. Escher building is this that this bar is in where the staircase goes to nowhere and <laughs> you just can't get to me with the, the drink I ordered. And then uh, good luck hiring new bartenders. Uh, and then, of course, the where we live in now is pay for your beer as you get them right away. Um, which I'm used sometimes. to. Right. Although sometimes. you're right. Sometimes if you're right in a crowded happy hour in the middle of New York city, say you may pay for your beer and wait 30 minutes and maybe still not get it. 
Um, so that's the worst. I'm glad that's not an option. So again, I, I love the familiar, but every time we do one of these things, I think I'm going to go for the same beer every time or whatever it is. And then I start getting enticed by this fantasy world of free beer, free beer. And the I word mean, free gets bigger and bigger in my head. You, you're nailing it. That's <laughs> how, how can I live waiting 30 minutes for every beer? Right. I just have to get, I mean, if that's the world I live in, then I just become, I just become a smarter version of myself where I'm like, I'll have these two beers. And then nope, <laughs> that wouldn't nope. work. All right, that one beer Got at it. a time, sir. So I'm just you can't <laughs> order your next until you finish your first. <laughs> well, that's no. It, it must be uh, difficult. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Well, I'm just getting like a liter of beer at a time. It's almost the same as not being able to get drunk. Like you'd have to right. order three Ivans back to back, right? Or I just um, have to become really good at like disguise multiple disguises where I. The, the bar person leaves. I put on my glasses with the my nose. Child. Right. And then Harrison's in the bathroom. I'm Garrison. I would like a beer as well. <laughs> I put on a hat the next time or like a beret or something. I always have a fake beard in my pocket um, or <laughs> a fake face. Yeah. I mean, you get really Mission Impossible with it. Just be making masks you carry around yourself. That's a lot of work. to, But it's free beer. Uh, it's tough to pick, John. I mean, really, I think... Uh, Again, a lot of factors at play here. I think I'm going for pay for your beers and get them right away. I'm just going to live in the world. I'm Ill. and it's a, actually you're right. It's like the augmented version of now. That to me, that get them right away is like I slap the money down on the bar and it's a better it's there. version of today. It goes wham. Someone just right there with an ice cold, icy beverage. I'm going for that. That's the future I want to live in. There are definitely economics involved, <laughs> and I am not an economist, no, but. Nope. Many people, including, I think, Joe Pesci, have said time is money. <laughs> so if it takes me 30 minutes to get a beer, then right. uh, that's 30 minutes of money I spent already waiting for a free beer. Or, right, 30 um, minutes of you making money doing something else. If you can, like, order a beer and then go and Open do, an Etsy page. Right, right. Okay. Right, do something. I think if we're talking about uh, Dark Lord 2016 right. Marshmallow Hanji, right. I'll wait for that one. Um, <laughs> yeah. But if, oh. if you gave me the option to pay for my beers and get them right away... I think that is it, it's the it's the world I generally try to live in. When we fight to live in, um, exactly. you know, when you go, sometimes there's a beer release, or you go to that trivia night, and you know, it's going to take twenty minutes anyway, which is totally fine. Sure, but if there was a way that I could pay for my beers and get them right away. Oh man, perfect! I'm hundred. It's like the fast pass of life. That's right. That's what you want to. That's what you want to be doing. I wonder if, like, although at the same time, if I go to a bar and I like order some food and beer, and the food gets there right away, and then my f first beer gets there. I mean, thirty minutes is a long time, though. I think I'm still. I mean, yeah, I'm paying for my beer as I go. You make a good point. I have a hard time understanding if 30 minutes is a long time or a short time. Right. It depends. <laughs> is it 30 minutes on Monday morning at work or right. is it 30 minutes on Saturday afternoon? Right. It's different. You're a different. Um, it's different. Either way, uh, I'm happy I live in a world where I can, I can expect to get my beers. I <laughs> right. that I have to I'm pay worried. for them all. But Right. Yeah. Again, there's that word free just sitting there. True. Dancing around, enticing you. Into warm old beer for free. Yeah, I'm going to pay for it. But it's good to think about it. Who knows? Who knows what happens next? I mean, that's basically my childhood was taking old, warm Milwaukee's <laughs> for, 
from my grandpa's refrigerator right. and hiding Carrying them in a right, backpack right. on my bicycle right. to the woods right. to drink them and right. thinking the beer was terrible. You've already done this. You've lit. Well, I guess we all had the 30 minutes. Yeah, you, that's how I did this. I'd steal it and put it under the couch until someone was away and then quickly pull it out and drink it. So I was doing the free 30-minute beer that was shooken up and warm. I've done that already. I'm, I'm, I'm graduating to using some cold, hard cash, get some cold, tasty brews. This might be the easiest would you rather we've yeah, done. Yeah, but it's, you know. It's, it, it still involves thought. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll probably post it in the Facebook group yeah. to get a more oh, educated yeah. opinion from the yeah. masses. I want to hear more about the world of what takes 30 minutes to get the beer. I want, I want everyone's description of that moonscape, some poor person living off tips is running through to grab the beer from the back of the whatever we're in cave maze i don't know where she's going but true you would still <laughs> i would still tip even if the beer was free Probably so there's no more. such thing as a free beer right. they came back having to solve a riddle from a centaur in a maze to get your beer and that's why it took 30 minutes what was the riddle <laughs> congratulations if you've made it this far this will be the end of season three episode four that's right. Join us in the Facebook group to share in an ongoing conversation between Harrison and I and a whole bunch of people <laughs> that use Untapped better than the both of us. That's right. In the meantime, show notes are going to be available at podcast.untapped.com and mostly available on YouTube and Spotify, et cetera, et cetera. Um, If you love the show and you want to get access to the episode a little bit early, subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. We'll usually post the episodes a few hours early over there. Yeah, pro tip. If you have any questions or feedback, you can connect directly with Untapped on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Send a message, use the hashtag DrinkingSocially, or connect with us at the DrinkingSocially Facebook group. And we will see you in two weeks. Nostrovia. Nostrovia. Nostrovia.